Mr. Speaker, as he comes to preach the Word of God tonight. Glad you're here, man. the Lord have his way. Hallelujah. Isn't God awesome? It's so good to be in the house of the Lord on a Friday evening, feel the presence of the Lord. Why would you want to be anywhere else? And I ditto your pastor. God's got this. I just need to make sure that I am aligned with him. Can somebody say amen? It is my privilege and honor to be here with you. And I give honor to your pastor tonight and your leadership. And it's just my privilege and honor to be here. So good to have my wife with me. She is not able to travel a lot with me, so it's always wonderful when she's able to. And yes, I'll go ahead and get completely out of that doghouse. She is my better half. I'm going to Ezekiel 7.1 if you want to turn there. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to what God will do in these services. Not because I'm going to be doing anything, but just because I know who he is. He's God. And we're living in a time that I believe that he is talking to the church. And if we'll listen, there's some things that he can open up to us that'll help us live through some times that we might not totally, completely understand. And I know I've said it already. But if we understand God's got it and he's in control, that's all we need to know. Ezekiel 7, 1. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Also thou son of man, thus saith the Lord God unto the land of Israel, an end. The end is come upon the four corners of the land. Our subject tonight is end time signs. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for truth. We ask you, God, to open our understanding, open our eyes to see, our ears to hear. And we pray, God, that you will have your way. Lord, we pray, Jesus, that we will receive from your word what you want us to receive tonight. I pray for your anointing to be upon this place. In Jesus' name. Can somebody say in the name of Jesus? You can be seated. Kimberly Chang of ABC News proudly announced, The end of the world predictions came and went. The world is still here. She made this statement the morning of December 21st, 2012, after the Mayan calendar end of the world prediction faded into the false doctrine ar archives. Like her, many before have made these kinds of statements when predicted end dates passed. I'm sure many of you remember 88 reasons. The rapture was going to take place in 88. There was 88 reasons why it was. Harold Camping self Proclaimed prophet predicted the date of the end in 1994. 
that date failed, undeterred, he predicted May 21st, 2011. When it didn't happen, he claimed a miscalculation, and he named October 21st, 2011. Several popes have predicted the end of the world on certain dates. The Vatican made a statement not long ago extending time to billions of years to discredit the Mayan calendar prediction. In doing so, they set at ease their constituency, and they removed all urgency. We can continue listing. In fact, over 240 dates have been set for casting the world was going to end, going all the way back to 44 A.D. And there are still predictions with set dates yet to come, with the last one that I'm aware of set for 328 A.M. England time, September the 14th, 2047. You may want to put that on your calendar. Save the date. And I don't mean to make light. But I've just made up my mind. I'm going to believe the Word of God. NASA released a report from a study completed by mathematical, natural, and social scientists that breaks down how and why civilization is essentially doomed. The team analyzed five risk factors for its collapse. One was water, climate, agriculture, energy, population. It used to be just religious figures, but in recent years, scientists and researchers have voiced their opinions and predictions. Movies are made about the end. The fact of the matter, the world has not ended. We're still here. I, for one, believe the word of God that says... No man knows the day or the hour. In fact, any time that I hear somebody trying to put a date on it, I already know that's not anything that I want to listen to. Through all of these inaccurate predictions fueled by apocalyptic signs that's all around us, the Antichrist spirit is having a heyday every time. One of these dates come and go with a process desensitizing individuals further into pits of unbelief and callousness. Regardless of all the false date setters, Ezekiel tells us, doesn't matter how many have set dates and how many has been wrong. It doesn't matter how many times we have heard a date, how old it's gotten. Who said it? Who was wrong? How well the calculation was calculated and turned up empty? Ezekiel says, a day come, comes that it's the end. In fact, if you continue reading, he repeats it. He drives the point home. Matthew 24, 44 follows up and says, when you least expect it, Jesus Christ is going to return for his bride. The world is seduced further into their intoxicated slumber by misdates of false date setters. But an end does come, and you and I have to be ready regardless 
of all the naysayers and the scoffers. Can I get an amen from somebody? 2 Thessalonians 2, 3 through 12 gives us understanding of the mentality of our world today. It becomes clearer as we move further into this end time hour of darkness. We, we understand more as we see people turn deaf ears and blind eyes to the, to the obvious, the reason. Scripture tells us they will be sent strong delusion. We are seeing this take place all over the world. Hosea 4, 6 says, My people perish for lack of knowledge. People listen to false philosophies that have no biblical substantiation and it. It desensitizes them to, to the end time signs. In Matthew 24, the disciples asked Jesus, What will be the signs of the end of the world? Jesus answered very specifically of what to watch for. Details and in years past were looked for. They were watched for. Uh, they, they were paid close attention to. But today, those same signs are taken for granted. They're paid little attention to. They're scoffed at. They're, they're ridiculed because the world is numb. We have advanced into the Laodicean age that Jesus said would be prevalent at his catching his bride away. Answering the disciples, Jesus gave the parable of the fig tree. No man knows the day or the hour, but he gave us signs of the season. Jesus said, just like in the spring, when you see the fig tree bud, you know that summer is near. The same will be the end of the age. As the spring of the end time age draws, you'll know that my return is even at the door. These signs began with Matthew 24, and they continue through many passages throughout the Word of God. As Jesus taught the disciples explaining signs, that would be prevalent when he returned for his church. Jesus said the world would be filled with war and with rumors of war and terrorism in the last days right before he returned. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke. The Greek word ethnos means ethnic group or people. This term accurately includes terrorist groups. Since World War II, there has not been a single day free of international war or civil war or terrorism going on somewhere in the world. There are only 11 countries that are not in some kind of conflict in our world right now. Only 11 out of an approximate 190 nations. 11 out of 190. Russia has an agenda as it strategically wars against its neighbors, taunting with intimidation tactics, threatening nuclear aggression. China flexes its muscles, projecting what it could do against nations of the world. North Korea is forever unstable. Islam now holds the nations of the earth hostage to expectation of the next terrorist attack. 
ISIS, the Islamic radical radicals, their attacks pop up everywhere around the world within nations. Racial, homegrown terror is rampant. Indeed, war and rumors of war is part of the life that we live in this world today. The Turkish pres president, Recep Tayyip Erdogan, bears watching. He won the Turkey presidential election in 2014 using hologram technology that beamed him around the country, placing him in front of multiple audiences simultaneously. January 1st of this year, this Turkish president, Erdogan, stated, Hitler's presidential statement is worth em emulating. The Turkish president believes the Third Reich presidency of Adolf Hitler is a good example of the kind of executive power he would like to have. Erdogan is seen as a man that can be the new caliph of the Middle East by both enemies and friends. The caliph is like a royal monarch that controls the Muslim world, like the queen controls England and the entire global British Commonwealth. The last caliph was in 1924. For 90 years, there has not been a caliph. This was a great embarrassment to bin Laden and terrorists like him. ISIS's plan is to restore the caliphate because there is a Muslim prophecy about a future caliph who is still to come, who, by the way, has the same characteristics as a Christian antichrist. He will be called the 12th Imam to the Shia Muslims and the Mahadi to the Sunni Muslims. The Mahadi, or the 12th Imam, will be the great caliph, according to Muslim prophecy. He will bring peace to the world for seven years, a seven-year peace plan. That's the Muslim prophecy. He will rule from the Middle East, from Jerusalem. That is a Muslim prophecy. Does it sound like something else you've heard? He will become a global Muslim spiritual leader and ruler with a huge army. Are you seeing the comparison? According to Muslim prophecy, he will convert the world to Islam. So, ISIS, all Islamic entities are focused on doing everything possible to set up the return of the Mahdi. And in doing so, they need to eradicate the world of as many infidels as possible. That's you and I. It is interesting that ISIS' favorite execution method is beheading. There are 144,000 Orthodox Jews, according to biblical prophecy, that are beheaded. After the abomination of desolation, when the Antichrist goes into the temple of Jerusalem, commits great wickedness on the altar, those 144,000 Orthodox Jews realize that they missed the Messiah. It was Jesus Christ. They repent and they will not bow down to the Antichrist. Subsequently, the, the Antichrist armies beheads 144,000 for the namesake of Jesus Christ. 
what we are seeing right now take place in the Middle East. And its long tentacles have now encircled the world is a warm-up of what's coming. Around the world, ISIS is making waves, including right here in our own country, with a real fear that, that, that they are pouring in across our porous borders. Now is not the time to play games with God. It's time to make your election sure, your relationship with Jesus Christ intact. Today is a day of your salvation, and it doesn't matter what comes or goes, but I must be saved. And I've got to do everything possible to make sure that I'm saved. And not only that, I need to reach and pull everybody that will go with me, Brother Murphy. I need to reach my family. I need to reach my friends. I need to reach my neighbors. Can somebody say amen? Will you give him a hand clap of praise? Hallelujah. Matthew 24, 7. We're talking about the end time season signs. Every day, every day, today, poverty killed more than 50,000 innocent people. Today, 18 million a year. It's hard to wrap your mind around that, isn't it? 50,000 died today with or without Jesus. This accounts for one-third of all human deaths, more People die as a result of extreme poverty than any other cause. One-third of the world is well-fed. One-third is hungry. And one-third is starving. Jesus said there would be great famine in the last days. Now, you tell me that that's not great famine. As recent as, Jan as January 2nd, 2016, the words... Antibiotic apocalypse were used in an article titled, Medical Experts Warn We Are Heading Towards Apocalypse and Say We Are Losing the Battle. This is from a medical journal. Superbugs and diseases, I'm quoting, that were dormant have made their way back. Superbugs and other diseases that aren't even named, just a number like the MCR1 superbug that originated in China, and it swept the globe with death. Matthew 24 warns of rampant, widespread pestilence and disease. And today, we are experiencing the effects worldwide, and it's starting to be called apocalypse. The earth is rocking and reeling with the intensity of earthquakes increasing over the last several years. Earthquake intensity has even put a wobble in Earth axis, axis rotation. The 1900s began with an average of 4,000 earthquake deaths per year. 1940 rolled around and deaths due to earthquakes rose to over 40,000 deaths per year. Between the year 2000 and today, that average exploded to over 100,000 deaths due to earthquakes annually. Billions is spent each year around the world due to earthquake devastation. We have become accustomed now to clusters of earthquakes striking. 
as many as two or three hundred simultaneously in a region. We just had that happen just a couple of months ago in Oklahoma. You had an earthquake tremor here in Baton Rouge this past year. The further we get into this end time era, earthquakes increase and intensify just as your Bible says they would. But earthquakes are not major news anymore because they occur so frequently and in so many places. Jesus told the disciples there would be earthquakes throughout places in the last days. When you see it, he said, no, I'm coming soon. You can call it coincidence if you want to. But I'm going to pay attention to the word of God that says in the last days these things shall come to pass right before my return. I, for one, believe the word of God. Can somebody shout amen? Amen. There's more hate today than any other time in the history of mankind. It rages all around us. School, workplace, domestic killings are out of control without solutions. Gun Control is politically pushed to confiscate the law-abiding individual's guns to control the citizenship. Jesus said end-time signs of the age would include hate. It rages all around us and continues to escalate. The world has become a dangerous place because of its inconsistency of unexpected violence locations. You never know when or where the next blow-up is going to take place. Christian persecution is taking place all over the world, including America. ISIS beheadings have become a normal weekly occurrence. Religious rights that used to be upheld by laws are ignored by leaders and judges. Christianity protection has deteriorated. Bibles and prayers have been banned from schools. The Ten Commandments taken from government places. Satanists have taken the place of godly representation in the same places. Now holding masses and rituals on government property. Our world is a messed up place. Atheists are claiming discrimination and violation of rights from crosses displayed in public and they get their way. We've reached persecution critical mass, a time just before the Antichrist reveals himself and total unrestrained domination of mankind goes full throttle. Here just the other day, the president in his annual State of the Union said, he said this Tuesday evening, that there should not be any religious discrimination against anyone's beliefs regardless of their religious affiliation. I agree completely. But may I submit to you, it's hard not to see the Christian persecution from government leadership around the world, around the world, including our own. You don't hear a massive media outcry or marching in the streets against Christian persecution. You hear it for the Muslims. You don't hear it for the Christians. What it is is a stealth march of darkness that is picking up momentum so that when it does break out full force on our streets, it will be too late to contain it. 
America is no longer exempt from Christian persecution. We've reached a time that I remember elders talking about when I was a child. I heard that there was a day coming when we would have to stand for truth or deny it. That day has arrived. You say that it's not that drastic. Tell that one that has already faced the question. They will beg to differ with you if they can. Many have already given their life. You just haven't faced it yet. But it's like a slow-moving storm. You can see it in the distance. It just hasn't gotten to you yet. During this day and hour, it is imperative that we stand, stay, we stand steadfast in the power of his might, leaning not to our own understanding, but acknowledging him in all our ways for him to direct our paths. He is Lord and God of all. And I am convinced more than I've ever been that I've got to wake up every morning hitting my knees because I've got to have the mind of Christ for that day. I can't go a day. I can't go a time. I can't get carnal in my thinking. I've got to have the mind of Christ. Sister Murphy, it's imperative that I've got the mind of Christ for every day for every minute of every day of every hour because I can't go a day, I can't walk a step without Jesus Christ. I wish somebody believed what I was talking about. I wish somebody felt an urgency right now of this hour and of this time that they would cling to the old rugged cross like they never have. Give you my hand clap of praise. You see, he is the Lord and God of all, and he will deliver us. Iniquity means lawlessness and or wickedness in the original. In this 21st century, lawlessness and wickedness is out of control. America leads in the highest incarceration rates among all nations. There are approximately 1.4 million active street gang members comprising over 33,000 gangs in the U.S. alone. An estimated 27 million individuals are held in slavery today around the world. 6.1 million people in America use illicit drugs, and the number is rising. Drugs are available everywhere. People medicate themselves against the pain, against the hurting, against the dysfunction of life of another day. There's a coldness that is penetrated to the core of mankind. There is so much report, reporting of killings, of shootings, of violent and nonviolent crimes, etc., that we are numb to the wickedness, to the lawlessness, and to the dysfunction. It has become just a normal, everyday day that we open up the newspaper and we see another drastic situation but it does not affect us any longer because it's so normal Jesus told the disciples a sign I am returning soon is wickedness 
lawlessness. When you see these things take place, know I'm soon to return. We live in a self-centered society. What's in it for me? I only live once. I'm going to live it the way I want to live it. Many extremes of self-centeredness are visible today. Most are justified as modern-day life or some other vindication. We live in a society that encourages you and I to live self-centered, satisfying ourselves regardless of whom it hurts or who it affects. Jesus said, before I return, a sign of the age ending will be men will be lovers of self without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. He said they would have a form of godliness. Meaning, you know what that means, Brother Murphy? It doesn't mean that it's the unchurch. That's not talking about the unchurch. That's talking about people that are going to church. That's talking about people reading out of the same Bible. That's talking about Christians, so-called Christians. That's talking about individuals that out of one side of their mouth, they're talking church and out of the other something else. We have to shun all appearance of evil in these last days. We are going to need all the Holy Ghost's power. We can get to stand against the wiles of Satan. A scripture pops into my mind real quickly. What can be shaken will be shaken. I don't know about you, but I made up my mind. I've got to stand. I've got to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I've got to make my election sure. It's time to make up our mind that we're going to stand against the trickery, against the deception of an enemy that has been on our destruction with a multitude of vices and compromises. We cannot conform to this world, but we have to be transformed into his marvelous light. In this evil day, as long as we have relationship with Jesus Christ, we have a prayer life. When we have done all we can do, when, when, we, when we've done everything we know to do, we just stand and see the salvation of the Lord. There is no weapon formed against me that will prosper when we, will, when we are in the will of God. I'm telling somebody, right now. It does not matter what's coming or going. It don't matter what's coming to this earth. But as long as I'm in the will of God whom should I fear or whom should I be afraid of? According to weather forecasters and experts that project the weather they say that extreme weather is to become the norm. Billions have been spent in the last several years with many different natural disasters to blame. Thousands have died due to these disasters. Global warming is blamed. One such absurd statement, and I quote that I heard, you know last year when it was real cold, we were having a lot of cold weather. This is what one of these global guys said. 
The reason it has been so cold and so much snowfall is because it has been so hot and the earth is warming up. Yeah, makes sense to me. Yeah, that's crazy, ain't it? The point they explain it with this and that. You got El Nino going on right now. We have El Nino every year now. Forecast maps had to be changed in the U.S., adding temperatures up to 130 degrees. Now we are having record-setting hot summers and record cold winters. But it's just because it's hot. Verse 25 says the heavens will be shaken. The ver- verse 26 says the w- seas roaring, men's heart failing them from the things coming. Fulfillment of Scripture takes place all over the world. We hear about it. We watch it in real time on TV, on the Internet. It's, it's reported. Fear grips individuals as they wonder what is taking place. Many have put their trust in stocks and bonds and man-made answers, and you heard about that before I got up. Things slide out of man's control. Individuals surrender to fear of things to come, taking their own lives. Hopelessness grips the earth. If the physical manifestation of Satan walked into this room right now, walked through those back doors, what you would feel would be hopelessness. He has no hope, and he offers no hope. As this earth moves closer to total dominance by Satan, his minions, more and more people that have turned from God will feel the spirit of death grip them and drive them to points of no return. Suicide rates have increased. Death by suicide now exceeds death by accidents. And it's a big number. This, world's, this world escalates to a day in the middle of the tribulation that Revelation 9, 6 says, Death will be sought, but death will not be found. This world has been seduced into believing it can live life without God. The results is an out-of-control society. You can believe the media, you can, you can believe their explanations, or you can believe the Word of God. It's your choice. What you and I need, what you and I have got to have is more of God than we've ever had, we've ever sought in this lost and dying world. We need Jesus. I remember years ago as a kid listening to adults talk about a future day that guns would be taken away. Government would spy on people even through TVs in their homes. We would be tracked. They would know where we were at at any given time. That was conspiracy talk. May I present to you? They can track you. Go Google and look it up for yourself. There's TVs that will watch you while you're watching it. It's not conspiracy anymore. Recently, I was in Singapore, city of 5.4 million population. While I was there, I learned that it was probably the safest city in the world, probably 
more than like, I mean, it is a pilot city. You can hardly go anywhere in that city without being on camera. And not only are you on camera, but they're scanning your eyes and they've got face recognition going on at the same time. By 2017, we're in 2016 now. There won't be a place in that city that you cannot go, that you won't be on camera with face recognition and your eye retina scanning, scanning you. And this is taking place all over the world. We can tell stories of tracking individuals down using GPS pinging from their cell phones. You and I can download apps that will tell us where an individual and their phone is at. We can track vehicles on and on. I, I remember talk about robots that would be the future. Robots today have been designed with flesh touch, feel, appearance for many different functions and activities and the technology is, is advancing exponentially. The military is experimenting with entire squadrons of robots. They are working in outer space. Technology of robots have exceeded imaginations. Today was the first flight in Israel of an unmanned ambulance that flew to a location where it could pick up people in battle that were shot. Unmanned. The U.S. Navy recently released a video detailing the locust drone that will hunt in packs designed to swarm the enemy autonomously without any human input. Did you get that? They're just going to be sent out. They'll know who to go for, who they're after, and they hunt them down. Prophecy discussed in yesteryear that seemed so far-fetched then is now reality. Fulfillment of Scripture proves a word of God that is infallible. Much speculation has surrounded the mark of the beast, how it could happen, how man could be placed in control and be in such total control. Speculation is gone. The technology is available. Now it's a matter of which technology is going to be used. Conspiracy talk is now reality. Today we don't speculate, speculate, today we live it. It hasn't been that long ago that I was speculating that executive order would be used for gun control. Is there anybody in the building that does not know that executive order was signed just here a couple of weeks ago for gun control? Military around the country trains for riot controlling, confiscating guns from citizens. Be careful what you call conspiracy today. Wake up and realize what you may think is conspiracy is either reality or is actually in the works about to be implemented. The point, we live in a day that control is top priority worldwide. I don't have time to go into it, researching the Antichrist, his agenda, his characteristics will reveal control, tracking, and monitoring will be a major part of his platform. I've already mentioned it, politicians now using hologram technology to beam avatars of themselves to political meetings 
where they can't be at two places at one time, multiple places at one time. So soon instead of FaceTime, a hologram will pop up on your phone. And you're going to stand there, the guy that you're talking to, you'll just stand there and talk to him. Okay, guys, y'all don't, I, 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 I feel it. Go Google. Don't go Google it right now, but go Google it. It's in the works. I, I lost a couple of you there. Go Google what I'm talking about. It's on the way. They're testing this stuff. The point with what I'm talking about, we're so far down this road and people don't understand. We're way down this road. Revelation 13, 8 informs us that all that are on this earth, that are left here on this earth, when the Antichrist shows up, will worship the beast. Given the perception that everyone will see him simultaneously. Well, does that, this answer the question in anybody's mind of how the Antichrist can be multiple places at the same time, how the world will worship at his feet, how other technology that I've mentioned in the last couple of minutes puts into the hands of the Antichrist the ability to be an all-seeing, all-knowing false power? Can that break in on us? Knowledge has increased exponentially through recent years, allowing easier living. But at the same time, we have now reached a point that it can and it will be used against us. All of what we are experiencing today has to happen for the Antichrist to be ushered into power and given his authority. Governments have to be in micromanagement control of their people. The proper technology and the right leadership has to be in place all over this world. Prophecy discussed in yesteryear that seemed so far-fetched then is now reality. Fulfillment of Scripture proves the Word of God is infallible. This Word is truth. I don't question the truth of this word, of this book, because I can go through too many things of too many predictions, and there hasn't been one that is fulfilled. There's been any difference from what it said. And now we're watching it, literally laying it down beside the newspaper and watching it happen on a daily basis. History, past, current day news, future foreseeable events stacked next to the Bible obviously proves the word of God without contradiction. Everywhere we look, clear understanding that the Bible is truth is visible. If the prophecies written over 2,000 years ago are coming to pass without contradiction, and they are, why does anyone question the validity of the, of the Bible? The debate no longer means anything. doesn't matter what this one says, what that one says, unless it's the Word of God. It's, if it's the Word of God, I'm listening. Whatever the Word of God says, do count me all in. 
There is nothing more important than being saved. I'm trying to tell somebody that tonight. Whatever the true infallible word of God says to do, I'm not debating, I'm not questioning. It doesn't matter to me what philosophers, what analysts, naysayers, scoffers, anybody says. I must be saved. Would somebody give him a hand clap? Is there anybody in the house? Also thou son of man, thus saith the Lord God unto the land of Israel, an end, the end is come upon the four corners of the land. Donald Tusk, prime minister of Poland said, and I quote, the world crisis has shown that it's safer to be with the strong, among the strong, to have influence on the decisions of the strong. The world in crisis helped set up the intricate steps into globalization, ultimately a one world government makes way for an individual, a system to step to the forefront and proclaim, I have the answer to global financial crisis. I've got the answer to health care issues around the world. I have the answer to war and terrorism. I have the answer to global warming being touted by all the world leaders. This man, this platform, be accepted and be placed into power. The man of sin, the Antichrist, will rule. Your money, no good. A system of terror that has never been experienced in place. And Matthew 16, 3 says this, you can discern the face of the sky, but can you not discern the signs of the times? Jesus asked, can you not discern the sky? You can, you can, you can see the storm coming, and you know it's, it's time to prepare. Can you not see the signs that I've told you about? He said, I've given you the signs of my return. Can't, can't you discern the signs? Romans 13, 11 says it's high time, meaning we have reached beyond just time. It's high time to awake out of sleep and realize Jesus is coming soon. And when these things begin to come to pass, look up, lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Look up, your, your redemption draweth nigh. It's just about going home time. Our redemption draweth nigh. That is signs that Jesus is coming soon. I don't know about you, but I get a little bit excited when I start thinking about Jesus splitting those clouds. I get a little excited when I start thinking about heaven. I start thinking about walking streets of gold. I, I get a little bit excited and beside myself when I start thinking about leaving this old messed up world. I don't know about you, but it's a, it's, there's a little bit of excitement that builds up in me when I start thinking about getting away from all the terrorism, all the illness, all the sickness, all the messed up living. Can I get a witness from somebody in the house? I'm almost done. In fact, musicians can come and get ready. Not only does our redemption draweth nigh, but in this hour, there's something we need to understand. All the gloom and doom that we've talked about tonight, we need to know about. Pastor mentioned it. We need to know about it. We need to know, we need to know what the Bible says about it. 
But there's something else that we need to understand. It's important. If I was a pastor, Brother Murphy, and obviously you're doing this, I would want my people to understand what the Bible says about the end time so they would, they would get it. But there's something else that we need to understand. And that Bible tells us about it over and over, different places, inside and out, cover to cover. That gloom and doom I've been talking about, that messed up junk, that's not your culture. That's not my culture. I don't care what you think or say. That's not my world. That's the world's culture. What I've got to get is I've just got to latch on to the truth. I've got to connect to him. I've got to make sure that I'm in his house, that my feet are slid up under his table, that I'm in his will. Oh, I wish somebody believed what I was talking about. You see, we're part of the apostolic culture. We're part of the apostolic culture that the prophet Joel prophesied about. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. What is the apostolic culture? It's miracles, signs, and wonders. Anybody in this house? I know there's people here that believe in miracles, signs, and wonders. Mark 16, 17 explains it. These signs shall follow them that believe. Are there any believers in the house? Can I get a believer to stand to his feet and say, that's me. I believe in the word of God. The definition from the original text here for believer is simply those that believe in God. Mark 16, 17 says, if you are a believer, these signs shall follow you. In Jesus' name, you will cast out devils. You will speak with new tongues. It means speaking in a language given from heaven. A new tongue here means a language you haven't ever spoken before that you do not understand. What is the apostolic culture? Acts 1 explains it. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. This is what Acts 2.17 is talking about. What the prophet Joel prophesied would come to pass. God said, I will pour out of my spirit on all mankind. This is a sign that has never ended since the day of Pentecost. In the upper room in Jerusalem, upon when the Holy Ghost was first poured out on the 120, and then later the 3,000 starting the early church. In these last days, he is pouring out of his spirit. And the book of Acts is... We're seeing miracles. We're seeing signs. and we're... I wish somebody believed it. I wish somebody would be a witness to it tonight. Come on, give him a hand clap of praise. So the message tonight is this. Yes, there's gloom and doom. Every day you open the newspaper up. Every day you go to the internet and you pull up the news. You're going to see messed up stuff. But as long as I can touch the hem of his garment, 
as long as I can wrap myself in a prayer closet and I can have relationship with him, whom should I fear and of whom should I be afraid of? There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in being baptized in that name. There's, there's a blood covering that comes with being baptized in the name of Jesus. If you haven't ever been baptized in Jesus' name, I'd get baptized just as quick as I could because there's power in having that blood covering over you. One more time, give him a hand clap of praise. Come on, somebody praise him for a moment. Would somebody worship him for just a moment? Would somebody thank him? Would somebody thank him for the word of God that gives us confidence that we're not facing this by ourselves? Would somebody do that right now? Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for sharing your word with us. Thank you, Lord. I want you to lay a hand on the shoulder of the person beside you or grab their hand. Doesn't matter whether you're a visitor whether you're part, a member of the church, it does not matter. But here's what I want us to do. I want you to pray for that individual who you're linked up with there. And I would just simply want you to pray the prayer for them. Lord, open their understanding. Open their, open their eyes to see spiritually. Open their ears to hear spiritually. Would you pray that prayer right now? Lord, in your name, all over this building, God, you see each and every person in this place. God, I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that you would touch each and every individual. God, I pray that your glory would fall. You said you would pour out of your spirit upon all flesh. God, we're believing that right now. We're believing, Lord, that you will pour it out on us tonight. I'm praying, God, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, in Jesus' name, that you will help us, that you will help us to see God in your name. There's one more prayer I want you to pray with me. I want you to bind fear in this place. And I want you to lose faith. God, by the power and authority of the Word of God, we bind fear in the name of Jesus. We command it to lead by the power and authority of the Word of God. We command it to go right now in Jesus' name. Lord, by the power and authority of the Word of God, Lord, we lose faith in this atmosphere right now. We lose faith in this atmosphere right now. Jesus in your name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let your glory fall here tonight, God. Let your glory fall here tonight. Now I want you to take that person beside you. Take their hand and just ask them to come to the front before we leave. We're going to spend just a couple of more minutes in the presence of the Lord. And as you come to the front, I want you to think about what you need to give to Jesus. Think about a new commitment. Think about recommitting your life to Him. Would you do that right now? Would you do that? Would you do that? Would you just talk to him right now? 
Would somebody make a new commitment to him right now? Would somebody talk to him?